Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. It is August the 2nd. It is Thursday. It is approximately 7.30 Eastern time. The Steelers wrapped up their sixth training camp practice of 2023 on Thursday. Alex Kazora was there at St. Vincent College once again, and now he's back to talk to me, Dave Bryan of SteelersDepot.com uh, on this, uh, another edition of the special, uh, or another special edition of this <laughs> podcast here. Alex, happy Thursday to you. How are you? You, 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 you hanging in there? Hanging in there. I know we're all tired. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what's going on right now, but I can tell you about some training camp coverage and that's what I'm good for today. You certainly are good for that, uh, without a doubt here. All right, uh, at the top of the show here, we always like to give a shout out to Lynn Testa at Touring Plans. So why don't you uh, shout him out? Absolutely. Touring Plans has been a longtime sponsor of our Steelers Depot summer training camp coverage, and that continues for 2023. Lentesta, a great friend of the site, always reaches out, and we always partner up this time of year. Touring Plans, if you don't know, uh, they deal with basically Disney trips, logistics, the best place to get the, the best deal on hotels, where to go, what to do, how to plan your whole trip if you're down there for a week or so. You want to make it count. There is so much to, to occur, and you probably want to try to save as much money as you can uh, during the process. So go to touringplans.com for more, more information on any Disney itinerary trip, anything that you have any questions, they can certainly help you out. And again, we thank Touring Plans and Lentesta for their sponsorship of our training camp coverage. Absolutely. We appreciate you, Lynn. Uh, okay, Alex, uh, let's get with the housekeeping first. And uh, several transactions earlier in the day, and that included one unfortunate one. That does. That, that's Corey Trice Jr. going on injured reserve. Mike Tomlin after practice calling it a significant knee injury. To my knowledge, no one has clarified exactly what that means, but I think you can basically assume ACL at this point for Corey Trice Jr. So his season is over. Just to be clear, he cannot be activated later this year or anything like that. Uh, once he goes to IR at this point of the calendar, he is done for the year. Alfonso Graham was waived injured as well. And so two guys one on IR, one about to go to IR. Remind you of the harsh reality of the NFL and training camp this time of year. Yeah, sad case with, uh, you know, we we were holding out a little bit of hope there we'd get different news. But uh, I think his reaction yesterday when he was on on that cart really said a lot uh, there. So uh, now he'll go to IR on a split salary. Probably hit. We'll probably hear about the surgery here in the next, uh, I don't know, day, two, three days. And and then he'll start his rehab and hopefully he'll be up and going by OTAs last year uh, with uh with uh, Alfonso Graham, he should clear waivers easily and then revert to IR. And if he needed shoulder surgery, then he's probably going to be on IR for the year as well, too. What about the other transactions that took place today? 
Yeah, two signings coming in, two DBs being added as Pittsburgh's had some secondary health concerns. They've added Trenton Thompson wearing number 17 and number 25, Isaiah Dunn. Thompson a safety, Dunn a cornerback, both on the field for the start of practice today. Thompson, I know, was in team period. I did not see Dunn. I may have missed him, but he did work in individual session. And so um, not only are there issues of cornerback, at safety, Minka Fitzpatrick not at practice today. DeMonte Casey continues to not practice. And I believe Mike Tomlin said post-practice something happened with Keanu Neal. And so lines getting short and thin at safety. That's why Thompson is in and Dunn will help replace Corey Trice. Yeah, and well, I, he didn't get into specifics, I don't think, on Keanu Neal. But they're going to be bringing in uh, Joshua Kalu, it sounds like, uh, safety type. Uh, player. I think he's listed as a DB, but I think he's more safety than anything. He's supposed to be in for a workout on Thursday, and that might just be related to those safety lines uh, getting so short at this point, right? Right. I think that's a big part of it. What exactly did Tomlin say on Neil? Did he give any sort of description, any sort of concern to that? Uh, no, he did not. I'll read here verbatim what he had to say here in just a minute about the whole injury process or wrap up. Uh, that he said, he said, uh, from an injury perspective, Casey is still out with an ankle. Corey's uh, got a significant knee injury. Keanu Neal's being evaluated. Uh, then he says, Leal had a minor ankle or something that caused him to miss a portion of time. Then he just named Deontay. I think Deontay got hit in the, in the, uh, in the, Deontes. <laughs> in, in the Deontes. In, in, or the Johnson. Should I say the Johnson? Yeah, that yeah. probably works better. Deontay got hit in the Johnson. Uh, and yeah. then he says normal bumps and bruises uh, that uh, occur this time of year. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick not there. And, you know, Casey sideline. Uh, doesn't sound like Leal is serious, but we'll have to, anytime you got an ankle involved, we'll have to see what happens there. And uh, you said a Landon Roberts was back after getting dinged up on, uh, on Tuesday. And then you did not see new running back John Lovett out there, did you? Correct. If he was there, he was not dressed and not wear his number 33. And so I don't know what the situation is there. Tomlin did not name him after practice. And shocker, no one asked about John Lovett, but we noticed that John Lovett was not there. Yeah, with Neil, I don't know when that would have happened. I guess late in practice, because in my notes, he was pretty, I had him out there quite a bit. So I guess it happened maybe in seven on seven. I wasn't watching that. I was watching the O-line D-line. So We'll see what evaluated means and tell you tomorrow. All right. Let's start rolling through what you observed out there Wednesday during training camp practice. And we'll start first with the offensive line groups. And I think you had an interesting uh, tweet or two about Herbig today. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what what exactly I tweeted. I know he's gotten more center reps and opportunities there. And so I think there's he, he's a real challenger to Kendrick Green, to Ryan McCollum, to be the backup to Mason Cole. And so I think Herbig is going to be given plenty of opportunities to be that guy. And I think it's certainly possible that Herbig becomes the top backup, not only at both guard spots, which we basically knew, but also the top backup center. He's gotten a lot of work there since basically Sunday. All right, it'll be interesting getting that first preseason game to see if he gets any snaps at center. That's one thing that I'll be looking for. All right, what else stuck out on the offensive line for you today, Alex? I'm seeing improvement from Broderick Jones. He spoke to that. He feels better with his technique. I thought in run session today and what I evaluated and sample sizes are small and you don't, I'm not being able to, to watch Jones on every single rep individually, but the couple that I saw were positive against Marcus Golden and, and, and being able to kick guys out and create some space and move some people, displace them. So I thought Jones looked good there. 
had some good battles against Golden in, in O-line, D-line, 1v1. And so you're seeing Jones start to, I don't want to say come alive, but you're, you know, you're seeing some of the traits and ability that made him this team's first-round pick and one in Pittsburgh's mind to trade up for and get. All right, talk about the top the the the, the, the top five in general from uh, left to right. Uh, j- just a quick overview of the, the starting five. Yeah, Morris, I think, had a tough summer. I think he's, he's facing good competition. Obviously, when you're facing, you know, Alex Highsmith or occasionally when you shift to the other side and you get to see TJ Watt, not exactly consolation prize. So it's not been uh, great for Moore, but uh, he's been a hard worker overall. Say Malus looks steady and solid. I got nothing really bad to say about him. Mason Cole, maybe some snapping issues in a couple of practices. And um, I think he's not been perfect in, in O-line, D-line, but he's been serviceable overall. James Daniels, if that's look good at right guard, a core four is basically always just a solid, steady dude at right tackle. Um, and so I, I, re- I really want to see Broderick Jones get some reps against Highsmith and O-line, D-line, those kinds of environments. But overall, the line, I, I think they've been the, the tackles rougher than the interior line, um, but they're they're probably going to get better. And again, those tackles facing Watt, Highsmith, et cetera, that's obviously a big time challenge. All right. Uh, seeing what you have seen to this point, who who, who are your top nine? Oh, man, that's a big question on August 2nd. Um, I mean, just, obviously. Yeah, you know, know the top five. You know, uh, Broderick sure. Jones is six. Sure. It sounds Herbig. like Herbig going to be seven. Give me give me two more to throw in there. From there, it's a good question. You know, if Herbig's going to be the backup center, if we just assume that for a second, does Kendrick Green have a role? Does he have a spot? I mean, it's, you know, what do you do with him at that point? I mean, I know he didn't dress last year, or I think all but one game. He was inactive, and so maybe you could just keep him, but I don't know what the point would be. From there, in terms of adding two more, I mean, if Herbig is also going to be the backup center, then maybe you want Dotson and keep him around, because if Herbig goes in at center and then you lose a guard, you probably want someone you really trust to play guard. So maybe Dotson does stay, and then maybe Spencer Anderson makes it because he's versatile. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else on offensive line? Raven Clark uh, got, got called for a false start. The old the old hard count worked against the offense. Trubisky hard count two times. The second one got Clark to jump. He got pulled out. Uh, you false start. You get pulled out of the, the rep. That's the, the rule in Pittsburgh's practices, um, and he certainly had his hands full with Nick Herbig. All right, let's jump from offensive line to running back now. And uh, a lot of buzz, more buzz about Anthony McFarland today. Sounds like he's strung together another good practice there. Mike Tomlin was asked about him after practice, had a lot of good things to say there. But weren't we saying some similar things a year ago about McFarland? We were. I, I thought he had a good camp last year. Had it not been for Jalen Warren kind of being the sleeper camp darling that emerged that was squattier and more powerful and could play special teams better and block better, all those types of things, then McFarlane might have might have made it. Even in 2021, he looked good. He That's when he got hurt late in, in, in the summer and uh, went on IR with the MCL injury. So to, there is some context that McFarlane has generally looked good in training camp practices, and he's a veteran type. And while I thought he had a really good day in that 1v1 running back, linebacker coverage drill, it is heavily slanted to the offense. I mean, that, that's a situation where if a defender can make any sort of a play, you give them a gold star for that, but I don't want to discredit McFarland. He was excellent today, and of the internal options, McFarland is clearly in the driver's seat to be this number number three running back on this Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Right. My next question is: is who in the heck is going to <laughs> who in the heck is going to challenge him right now? Darius Hagens, I think uh, you you tweeted out during one of the sessions got popped by uh, 
Kwiatkowski, I, I, yep. I, I yep. think, and, and, and even though he might've been down or close to, you know, I don't know if he was down or not judging by the clip that I saw, what mm-hmm. he still, he still put the football on the ground and that's a no, no, you know, uh, I don't care if it happened right after you hit the ground or whatnot, you better not give anybody any reason to look at how that ball came out there. And, you know, he's obviously a, uh, a, a, a rookie player. And then, you know, everybody else on this roster at running backs new, right? Right. Uh, Bell is new. Lovett is MIA right now. And so it is it, it, the guy that would challenge McFarland the most is the field, a waiver wire, somebody that they feel they like more in special teams or whatever the case is. Um, it would less likely be an internal option. Hagens has to stop fumbling. He fumbled yesterday. He fumbled today in that hit. Now, I put my notes, and you're right. I don't know for sure if he was down, but ball security the whole way through. Don't even make it be, make it a right. question, did you fumble or not? And he also fumbled, apparently, in seven-on-seven. Seven. And so that's three fumbles and two practices. That's not a way to gear yourself to the coaching staff. So McFarland, of the internal guys, that's why I said internal, because he's the guy of the current group. But could somebody else from the outside come in? That's possible. But for today, McFarland, a clear winner of the day. All right, I saw some Najee Harris in, in some uh, one-on-one drills, I think, against, what, some linebackers g- get one down the field. Nice over-the-shoulder catch. Yeah, that was on Tanner Muse, who had really good coverage. It was just a great throw and a great track by Najee Harris over his left shoulder. Um, had a good session overall. Had a great blitz pickup. I don't know who it was on, on an inside linebacker, but uh, that allowed Kenny Pickett to hit. I believe it was Deontay Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, a, a good day overall for Najee Harris. All right, how about uh, let's move to wide receivers now. Cody White just stick uh, just stacks, you know, consistently good days. He's consistent, and that's what Mike Tomlin referenced at one point in his uh, press conference after practice today about consistency. Anybody can make one big play here and there. Can you continually make solid plays? And whether it's downfield blocks on screen passes or over the middle, he did take a big shot from Kenny Robinson in a non-tackling session. But I think Cody White's just been very good overall, start to finish. Uh, Miles Boykin showed up, showed up in my notes a bit more today with a couple of catches, nothing too radically amazing, but he's at least a little more in the in, a little more involved in the offense than he has been. And Calvin Austin beating Joey Porter Jr. for a, I, I call it a 42 yard touchdown. He might have stepped out at the one yard line, but I'll give him the extra yard there. And so Austin's speed, as we talked about recently, uh, that speed is still very much there. He's 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 putting some consistent t- days together now, ain't he? It's been better than how it started, that's for sure. And that's why we don't conclude things after day one of training camp practice, you know. And so there's still work to be done. There's still going to always going to be issues with the size and the catch radius. But I think he's picked it up. And, you know, that's a guy that you know has not played a ton of football. He basically missed his whole rookie year. He got the spring work, but then there's some time off, some rust that accumulates. And so that's a guy that you just want to watch and wait. What about guys near the bottom of that uh, depth chart? Jordan Bird, Dan, Dan Chizena, Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah, they've been generally quiet. Bird's done some motion jet stuff. Chisena, I don't have many notes on him. Um, I would say that Bradley and Fitzpatrick have been more involved. It was, I always get those two mixed up, Fitzpatrick and Bradley. One of them had a good catch over the middle. I want to say it was Bradley. Let me just see if I can find it here in my notes. Actually, it might have been Fitzpatrick. I can just check here very, very briefly. Uh, I think it was Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, but those guys still obviously have uphill climbs. And probably the same with Hakeem Butler at this point, right? He's been a little bit more notable um, because of the size and a couple of the, the bigger moments that he's made earlier in camp. 
he's got a better path to make it, but nothing has happened so far that makes me think he's going to be a real challenger to compel this team to have a, a six wide receiver on the team. Um, if anything, Gunnar Olszewski could be that guy for, again, potential return value. But it's a long process, and we'll keep watching. All right, how about the quarterback position today? I think Mitch Trubisky's thrown some really pretty deep balls. That, that throw to... um to Calvin Austin was on the money, just great in the bucket. So you're seeing some of the touch that Trubisky has vertically. He's shown that, I believe, yesterday as well. I, um, this, this People actually might like this. I'm not saying this uh, bragging about it. But of the three main Steelers quarterbacks who will be on this roster come week one, so putting poor Tanner Morgan aside for a second, Mason Rudolph has been the worst quarterback of the three so far. I thought just some kind of locking onto his first read, some inaccuracy. He's thrown a couple of picks so far in camp. It doesn't mean much because Rudolph will still be this team's number three quarterback. I mean, there's no other really option there. He's going to be the guy. But if you want an answer of some sort of valuation, who's been the worst of those three, it's Mason Rudolph. Hey, what uh, what stuck out to you the most about Kenny Pickett today? Seven shots was a mess, and it's not all Pickett's fault, but I just that's my first thought. The offense really struggled there today. Um what else stuck out for me about him? I don't know if anything in particular really stuck out in a super grabia kind of thing. I thought today was a, a fine practice from Kenny Pickett. All right. Uh, how about the tight end position? Uh, Darnell starting to show up uh, another practice in a row. I saw that picture Tim Rice took. That ball looked like it was thrown, I don't know, 12, 12 feet in the air and uh, at least 10 feet probably. And uh, Washington goes up and gets it in the end zone there. It's those go-go gadget arms that Washington has. Yeah, that was a great jump ball. Basically the only really high point and bright spot of seven shots for the offense. Washington going over Miles Killebrew on a jump ball, fade ball that he went up there and, and, and brought down. So yeah, pads come on. Washington becomes a, a player. Now it's not perfect. I, I, I was casually watching, but in O-line, um, or excuse me, O-line, tight end, D-line, run blocking, Washington was having some issues with TJ Watt in terms of securing this block and what I think shed him quickly on back-to-back reps. So again, still work to be done. It's TJ Watt after all, but you're seeing Washington start to pick things up like Kevin Austin, slow start, but getting better. All right. Uh, any, anything on Connor Hayward? Not much today overall. Um, Pat Frymuth had a catch over the middle. It's been, you know, solid for Frymuth. It's not been anything incredible, but it's been typical Pat Frymuth stuff, which is very solid, very dependable, and a guy that's going to win between the numbers. All right, let's flip over to their defensive line. The one note I have today on that, a guy we haven't mentioned too much, is Montrevious Adams. I think he's had a couple good practices, run session, uh, defeating reach blocks, being able to chase backside, winning. He had a good rep in O-line, D-line against Mason Cole on the first time they went up against each other today. So Montrevious Adams, you don't want to forget him in this battle. I'm still trying to watch more of Keanu Benton. You're seeing the energy, the hand fighting, the activeness, the athleticism. Um, can he, you know, put it all together and kind of find some go-to moves? Probably what he has to work on right now, work on run defense. But Montrevious Adams, I think, is doing well. And Braden Fajoko's had some good reps as well. We'll learn a lot more about both the – we, we, I mean, we say this all the time. I know it's got to be so hard to kind of judge some of that stuff, you know, especially non-skill positions uh, when it comes to that. But, man, that, that's 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 where you got these preseason. We'll, hopefully we'll have the all-22 the all and all like that so we get a really, really good look at the offensive and defensive line, uh, uh, you know, through these three preseason games. I was going to ask you about Fajoko, but you answered that. And, you know, uh, Montrevious, is he – I mean, is Montrevious in the, inside the bubble right now? I think it's all to be determined. I think he's 
on that line. Probably as of right this moment, I would say inside the bubble, he's still running first team. Like to my you know view insight, he's he's done well. Now again, as you said, you know the caution with O line D line is that sometimes you just watch one play, and that may be that may be your opinion of the day based off one play, good or bad. And we know that consistency matters everywhere, especially in the trenches. And so it's not like I can sit there and watch and go back and rewatch Montrevious Adams or any of these guys on every single play. That was the one upside when they practiced that the artist formerly known as Heinz field, because they had the replay and I could go back and watch the play once or twice after taking my notes on it and maybe learn something new. There is no big scoreboard at at St. Vincent college, but um, I think Adams has been doing well. All right. Uh, I was going to ask you, see if there's anything. No, I don't guess I have anything else on defensive line there. Uh, all right. Uh, outside linebacker. Still seeing good things from Nick Herbig in um, O-line, D-line on the Raven Clark. little outside shimmy inside rush that beat Clark cleanly. In, and then in team, he rushed over right guard on Bill Dunkel, who is not a good pass protector, to be fair, but he swam over Dunkel and Dunkel went down and Herbig got the pressure. So continue to see that. Uh, beyond that, uh, I did see one rep from Toby and Dukeway, the rookie from Sam Houston State, get buried into the ground by Rodney Williams, a tight end. So shout out to Rodney Williams for finishing that block and coaches were getting on in Dukeway for not getting his hands on Williams and really not having any sort of control of that block. So um, and Dukeway's got to be better against the run. Uh, what about David Perales out of Fresno State? It's been quieter. I thought there were some flashes early in camp before the pads came on. Um, I haven't seen as much. I think Spencer Anderson had a couple of quality reps against him in O-line, D-line today. So we're still watching on him, but there's nothing that that's sticking out quite as much now that the pads have come on. All right. Uh, uh, go back to offensive line real quick. And spe- you mentioned Spencer Anderson. Mm-hmm. No snaps at center uh, really for him, right? No, none at all. Uh, zero snaps. It's been right tackle. And then it, it's been right tackle every single practice except for Sunday when they were short on the lines and then he played left guard and right guard. But beyond that, it's been third team right tackle, except for when Clark got pulled today, Anderson took the second team right tackle rep. Actually had a good rep on Herbeck on that play. I was watching that rush in particular, but besides Sunday's practice, it's been just right tackle. All right. And, and, and Kendrick green still running second team center, or has he been mostly playing guard or what? No, Kendrick Green's only played center. I don't know if he's taken a snap at guard. It's been generally second team, but because you have Herbig kind of cutting into those snaps, you've seen Green okay. A lose some snaps and run some third team on Sunday, for example, was running third team center. Uh, McCollum's played both center and left guard. I should say that I, I'm pretty sure it was him. I'm pretty sure it was Kendrick Green that had, had a high snap today that almost went over Mason Rudolph's head, and Rudolph had to crowd. The play was broken. He ran out of bounds. Nothing happened there because I saw Green get pulled out after that rep, and then Herbig went in to replace him. So I'm like 98% sure it was Kendrick Green, and so we can't have snapping issues in camp. Tomlin hates that all that procedure stuff, bad snaps, bad handoffs, false starts, offsides. That, that stuff will get you killed, and so you can't have that in this environment because these plays are so valuable, only so much time to work. You can't have these these just, you know, dead plays where nothing really occurs. I mean, we're starting to get closer to that first preseason game now. You know, uh, I, I wonder if we'll see any any Kendrick Green at guard in that in that game. My guess is no, um, just because he's not taking a snap there. And yeah, I think he's going to play center only. Uh, what about McCollum? Is he getting has he gotten any kind of th- even late rotation snaps at, at a guard, even two, one or two snaps at a guard spot? Or has he been mainly center, too? 
No, he's played some left guard. On Sunday, he was playing left guard. During O-line, D-line, he had like five reps in a row today. It was an unusually high number because he started at center, and then he was taking the reps at at left guard. Um, And so it's been primarily center, but also especially now that 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 third string left guard spots kind of open with Jared Williams getting released. It's been largely filled by rotation of Kevin Dotson and Nate Herbig, but McCollum has probably picked up some left guard snaps there as well. So he's been playing a little bit more both than Kendra Green, who has not played both. And Anderson just, just did it the one day. You're seeing a bit more of the versatility continually from Ryan McCollum. His play overall has been okay, but he's at least getting work at different spots. All right. I, I'm sorry to be so selfish here. I mean, I, 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 I'm doing this for my own need. Oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> what what road are you leading me down here, Dave? No, I just, I, I, I'm trying to figure out uh, uh, who, who, who these nine or ten are going to be that they're going to keep okay. uh, here in general and who, who might be the backup center there. So I wanted to go back to that and 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 go and, and, and get an answer through your eyes real quick uh, as far as the depth on the offensive line goes. All right. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we'll go to uh, in side linebacker backer and it sounds like they that that group had a pretty decent day overall except in the uh running back drills where it's really slanted against them right yeah i mean mcfarland was burning quan alexander and tanner muse and chappelle russell in those moments but it is a tough environment for the linebackers no question about that i thought a good day overall for that group nick witowski uh, made a play had a breakup on darius hagan's in that drill and so if a defender if a defender can impact the play at all then it's a big win it was a big win from Kwiatkowski there then had the absolute just punishing hit on Hagen's that we'll call it a forced fumble in team so good day for him Quan Alexander's bringing energy run stuffing ability he's all around the football a really active intense type of dude so um, I don't know exactly how good this group will be but there's a lot of energy there's a lot of competitiveness and I think these guys overall whether it's him Mark Robinson Cole Holcomb Landon Roberts there have been days and moments where I've said good things about basically all those guys. So that's encouraging. All right. Uh, let's uh, go to the corner position now. Don't have as much there today. I do want to what, mention. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Update us on Duke Dawson, too. We talked about him in a couple of days. Again, he's part of that slot rotation. He's been, I think he worked first team slot corner. If I can check my notes here, that it, it doesn't mean much because they've they changed it daily. Uh, but he was working first team today. So they're just really mixing and matching. Chandon Sullivan, I thought his run defense looked looked decent, had a good kind of fill on McFarland in, in a late team session. Elijah Riley had a really good tackle for loss on Jalen Warren. Um, and so you're kind of seeing these guys step up. I really think Elijah Riley could be that rundown slot type of corner. I know I've mentioned that a time or two before, but that's kind of the initial way that Deal. I'm leaning. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Channing Sullivan going to make it. Or- oh, then it becomes a numbers game and the, and the trice injury opens a door, whether that may be for Sullivan or James Pierre or somebody else to make it. So that trice injury really could have a, a domino effect. I'm not quite sure where he's at. He's probably right on that bubble. I think he's done, you know, well so far done fine, but we're going to, we're going to keep watching. All right. Uh, safety position. And it sounds like uh, Kenny Robinson getting a lot of work. The flipper. He gave him the flipper. That was Kenny Robinson hitting Cody White. And that's what he did. He gave him a little forearm shiver. And then as White went back to the sideline, he was kind of throwing that elbow. Robinson was in the air showing White what he what he hit him with. But yeah, a lot of first team work for him. I mean, the safety group has gotten pretty thin with, yeah. with Casey and Minka and now something with Neil. That's why they're bringing in a couple of guys. So it's a lot of reps for him, for Trey Norwood, for Miles Killebrew, who got mossed by Darnell Washington. But yeah, Robinson, the name that we're really trying to Keep an eye on it. And again, I think Elijah Riley 
um, you know, is trying to track for some sort of role on this defense. All right. And uh, what kind of camp is Trey Norwood having? So it's an important, important summer for him. It is. And, and I think it's been a good one and, and not so much about the playmaking, although he's made some plays. He's got uh, not a, does he have a pick? I don't know if he has a pick. I don't think he does, but a couple of breakups, but the tackling, uh, the one to the physicality was always his issue that I had with him at least. And, and I've seen some more of that. So I want to see more. I want to see that obviously carry over into a game. But I think he knows what he has to do to to make this team and, and to be, play on special teams. You better be able to tackle and hit and sacrifice your body. And so seeing some signs of that, but to be continued. All right. Uh, anything? Uh, Boswell showing off that leg today. Any special teams updates? Any punting yeah. updates? No punting today. We do have some field goal updates today. Chris Boswell went seven for seven on his kicks, including one from fifty two yards out and so he was a perfect uh seven for seven and bt potter went seven for eight he missed wide left from 41 made from 35 37 41 46 32 41 and 36 i wanted to them to do a 50 yard plus with potter to see that leg but they did not attempt it so i was hoping to to see that with him but that did not occur all right you did some sort of winners and losers today or something right yeah, I don't do that often. It just whenever it really kind of hits me, and, and it's the names I've mentioned. I thought McFarland and Kwiatkowski were the winners. I don't have losers today, um, but I thought the winners, the guys that really stuck out to me in a positive direction, was uh, McFarland and and Kwiatkowski. All right, and what's the best thing you saw today, Alex, at camp? You know, I was thinking about that because I knew you'd ask this question. You're very SVP kind of kind of way of doing it. Um, <laughs> This is going to be a very. I got a lot more hair than he does. God, you do. Uh, you do. You're not as tall. You're not as tall no, as Scott no. Felt, I don't think. Um, this is going to be my typical Alex obscure answer that I didn't even I haven't mentioned so far, and no one else will care about. I loved the leadership from Najee Harris. There was a rep in uh, the one v one drill, running backs, linebackers, where it was on. I think Kwiatkowski breaking up a pass as Darius Higgins ran a little quick out, and uh, the pass went incomplete. And Harris. I think on his own volition, took Hagen's aside. They talked it over for a second. I kind of saw Harris probably mapping out either how to run your route or sell the route or whatever the, whatever the, the teach point was. And to see that from Harris, who's kind of been drafted into a leadership role, ready or not, because he was part of this young team, this uh, evolution and revolution of this offense. And so just to see that that quiet moment of Harris taking a, a rookie running back aside and, and talking with him for a second, a first-round pick like Harris, just a, a nice, wholesome moment on the practice field. All right. What uh, was uh, Darnell? What happened on the uh, walk us through seven shots? And what happened mm-hmm. on that one with Pickens there? Uh, the ref, it looked like threw his hat on the back line, meaning that he thought Pickens at, so I guess, some point during his route right. stepped out, out out of the back of the end zone. You can't see the whole play there. Uh, and I think Pickens think he thinks he was in. But uh, run us through seven shots real quick. Yeah, that was the controversy. I scored it as incomplete because the ref did, but uh, seven shots. The first one, Deontay Johnson on a pivot route, right side breaking in and then out as Johnson came out the pass. A, a touch high, but certainly catchable. I call that for a drop for Deontay Johnson. I saw Twitter having fun with that as I figured that they would. The second one was that Pickens controversy. It, it seemed like he caught it inbounds, but you're right. When the ref throws their hat, that means the receiver has stepped out. And so I believe that's actually why he was called incomplete, not because the ref thought that Pickens did not get his feet in bounds. That's not that. I'm just going with, with off, off of what the uh, the official said there. Third one was miscommunication, a pass behind Pickens. Either it was really inaccurate from Pickett or more likely miscommunication. Uh, fourth one, 
A, there was a false start, I believe, to begin with. And then McFarland, a carry uh, up the middle. Juan Alexander had a really good run stuff. I think Norwood got in on that as well. So at this point, the defense is up 4 nothing and just dominating. Fifth one was the Washington goal line fade, left corner, skying over Killebrew for the touchdown. Sixth one, Olszewski got open over the middle, short throw, touchdown. And then seventh one was more miscommunication. I don't know where Trubisky was throwing it, but he threw it basically into the ground. And so the defense won seven shots, five to two. All right, that one catch uh, from Deontay that was along the sideline over there looked like uh, something very similar to the game against uh, Cincinnati. Not as uh, amazing, but you know, uh, it, it was notable in my eyes. Did, did he have both feet down on that? Do you know? Well, I, I saw briefly the clip of it, um, but that was during O line D line, and so I was watching that, and that play looked so far away. It was on the opposite so end of the field. Tell. I wouldn't be able to tell, um, so I, I I don't know. But it looked like an, a great one handed grab. If you if you make that kind of play with your one hand grab, we're gonna call it a catch. We're gonna say you got both <laughs> feet down. You you earned it. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to add as we start winding this down? Uh, no, I had some fans come up after practice and say hello. So that was very nice. And, uh, they said they love the show and, and love our stuff. So really appreciate that. But I think that's everything. So I'm going to go get some food and uh, write some stuff for tonight for the morning. All right. I appreciate all the updates, uh, in this special edition, uh, fantastic job. You'll be back out there at St. Vincent college in Lake Trobe on Thursday. And then obviously Friday night lights practice, uh, Friday night, uh, you get, you obviously be out there late that night there. So, uh, you and I'll be back, uh, Thursday, tomorrow night to, for, with another special edition of the podcast, uh, try to keep them around 30, 35 minutes there. So in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora, follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do, donate steedersdepot.com upper right navigational bar. Also the ad free version of the site can be found upper right navigational bar as well. Alex, keep up the great work, get some rest tonight, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow night. As always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.